Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you were bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan Highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and Bowl. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cool beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that has forsaken its usual clever and piffy opening line to say, rest in peace, meatloaf, rest in peace. I am your host, the deeply saddened Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend that won't do that, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? I'm here, and I'm not sure what I won't do, but there's probably a good reason that I either won't do it or said meh in relation to being asked to do it. So, yes, rest in peace, meatloaf. And, well, we are on the topic of stealing topic number six. May Louie Anderson rest in peace as well. Passing away, damn it, the same day you take two of them. It's week two. What did I say? Another damned dirty week, a death debacle in the universe. So uh, more laughs have been killed in the past two weeks than uh, anything else. So very saddened by that as well. Louis C.K., uh, not who we're talking about. (laughs) He hasn't died. Just so you know. I'm sure there was some Facebook uh, rumor going around that he had also died, having people confused of Louis C.K. and Louis Anderson, even though they look nothing alike and their names just aren't even really that similar. But there you go. That is a breaking report from your friends here at Triple B. Because I think he also killed some laughs, but not recently. Anyway, Howie Blues. It's it's good to be back on the show. Did you like that little tangent that we went on there? It's like a little um, you know, unnecessary uh, trip. <laughs> well, you know, Kidder, uh, it was one of those things like uh, I I really busy day at work, hadn't seen the news or anything. And so I had a completely different opening line for this particular episode. And after dinner tonight, uh, Lefty was reading the news while I was playing with Junior, and she told me that Meatloaf died, and I immediately came up with uh, the new line, because uh, to me, that was some big news. Um, you know, i big fan of Meatloaf. In fact, I was thinking about it uh, just again after hearing, but I, I kid her for the longest time, I've kept a playlist on my iPod. It's called my Black Hills playlist, and it's because uh, growing up in the Black Hills, I I have so many memories of 
traveling through the hills with my parents and listening to their music uh, in between the stuff we kids wanted to learn, uh, listen to. And so I have this playlist. And it's all music from my parents. Uh, so it's got a few songs from Yes, uh, the Moody Blues Greatest Hits, uh, the Greatest Hits of Huey Lewis and the News, and Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. And these were songs that I grew up listening to uh, going through the hills. And I still, to this day, if I go through the Black Hills, that's the playlist I play. Like I have it saved just in case I go through the Black Hills and, you know, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell album. I, I know um, a couple weeks ago I talked about my concept of the perfect album, an album where you love every track. That is a perfect album. I love every track on there. Um, in fact, I was listening to some Meatloaf tonight uh, and, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light came on, and I knew like every word of it, even though I probably haven't listened to the song in a couple of years. So, um, yeah, so it was just one of those things. Um, sad to hear that he has passed and and such, but at least I still have the tunes and I can jam out to him whenever I want. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the music lives forever, much like all of these shows that we have recorded and will continue to record. The difference is that we haven't made any money off of it and nobody's going to watch these after we die. So <laughs> thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. We're on a positive note tonight. Uh, you can visit us at beerbluesbs.com. In fact, that's how positive we are. Please check out our website. Visit it right now, beerbluesbs.com. And uh, while you're on our website, you can peruse the many things to do, like find the youtube page check out uh, the merchandise store yes get yourself some sweet swag or perhaps join us on the facebook as well that's all uh, available for you right now at beerbluesbs.com yeah good stuff there good stuff on our facebook page you never know when something's gonna pop up um like Today, Kidder, uh, it's kind of interesting because, yes, today, episode 42 uh, dropped. Um, but this morning, there was a surprise episode of Howard's Cave of Wonder that showed up, which is kind of funny because in, well, when people listen to this, last week's episode, episode 43, we talked about, well, you're probably wondering why you haven't seen an episode of Howard's Cave of Wonder in a while. And, you know, it's like, eh, just go back a week and... There's one, but it was on a uh, a topic on a Kickstarter that's out and only had 13 days. I'm like, I don't got time to wait. I wanted to get it out there um, and such. So, yeah. But if you weren't following us on our Facebook page, you or subscribe to us on YouTube, you probably didn't see it. Yeah. So. so that's a good reason to smash that sub button. You don't have to click the notifications. Just subscribe to our channel. Please, YouTube, search Beer, Blues, NBS, and BS, yes, and BS, right there on YouTube. Please join us there and everywhere. Smash the sub button. We appreciate it. One more subscription or subscriber, I should say, to uh, getting us closer to making two cents off of every video. So, thanks. <laughs> Well, we'll Kitter, uh, I, four cents richer for the two of us watching these episodes. 
Uh, I was going to say, okay. Kidder, uh, we, we started this episode on a dour note, which is kind of sad because I think we both came in on a positive note. I At least I did. I'm, I'm feeling good. It's Friday night. Mm. We're here. And uh, mm. you know what? We're here. Let's drink some beer. Let's find out what's on tap. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, from my understanding, we have a round purchased for us tonight. Is that correct, Howard Blues? Uh, that is correct. We have a sponsor for tonight's What's on Tap. Uh, I was actually going to let you introduce this kidder because uh, you know the gentleman uh, more than I do who <laughs> bought this round. Sure. So why don't uh, why don't you introduce at least him and that? And uh, hey, tell us what you're drinking as part of that round. Well, that is correct. There, Howie Blues this week. A bias of beer. First timer. Don D or the triple D on the triple B. He's a good dude and appreciate you sending us the old uh, beverages right here for the round on the triple B triple D or Chowda for those who uh, know that's that's his other nickname. Just call him Chowda if you know who don triple d is so uh thanks for the round there triple d he said that uh he was really excited to check out our show and uh that he's gonna try and keep watching <laughs> so <laughs> thank you i i am i am very proud of that so thank you there triple d on the triple b can, can we put that on like the review like thing you know like how like on the movie trailers they're always like you know and you know richard roper calls it a cinematic masterpiece can we just put that you know don d says i'm gonna try to keep watching this i mean it's just i think it fits you know I don't know if that's a direct quote, though, so we're, I'm going to have to talk to him and uh, at least see if I can get those words in that order out of his mouth. And then, yes, we can put that everywhere. That's going to be the number one five star review on this show. Yeah, I'm going <clears> to <throat> try and keep watching. Yeah. <clears throat> see if but I the, make it to next week. I don't know. Yeah. So, so what are you drinking over there, Kidder? Because I kind of cut you off on that, but that joke was that's, too good to not say it. So that's okay because you've already uh, introduced this one a few times uh, this evening. I'm going with the non-alcoholic butterscotch beer, mm. uh, and again, it's the Flying Cauldron. So, thanks for you to bring these to me to give these a shot. Mm hmm. Mm. It's very sweet and also smooth. Mm. Not a lot of carbonation, which uh, is is fine for a cauldron drink. And it leaves a lot of that butterscotch in your mouth there at the end. So good stuff. <clears throat> it is. You should try it over some like vanilla ice cream. Mm. Mm. So you're going to bring that down later? <laughs> Sure, sure. Okay. I'll just awesome. I'll have to like swing by Walmart and pick some up because by the time we're done with this, uh, everybody else is gonna be closed. I don't actually have vanilla ice cream on hand, so um, 
I guess I could take the snow shovel outside, scoop it. In. I, I mean, because I have an ice cream pail, just scoop it into there and just bring that down. That'll that'll work. It's a little freezer burnt. Little, little bit, little bit. Mm. So, what do you got on tap there, brother Jake? Well, in a weird reversal, because usually it's me with the non-alcoholic and you with the alcoholic drink. I am still having a beer tonight, um, and this one is from the uh, Bent Paddle Brewing Company, and it is part because we took a break off of Howard's suffering through seasonal beers, so we're back. We have the Bent just Paddle great Brewing suffering Co- last week. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still, that's why I sound funny tonight because <clears throat> it went to my sinuses and just, just straight killed my sinuses, stomped all over. So, yeah, it, if you didn't see last week, go see last week and um, especially go check out the YouTube version because um, as great as our audio version is uh, to see look on our faces as we drank some of those priceless, priceless. Um, anyway, this is the Snowmaker Pale Ale. That's right, Kidder. I'm drinking an IPA. So, And you don't have a shovel in your hand, so maybe that's good. Yeah. Uh, this was brewed in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, well, up the Duluth way, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yep. Uh, here's what we got for a description. Sometimes lake effect snow isn't enough to blanket our thirst. Enter the Snowmaker. Our version of a robust pale ale piles on Centennial and Simico hops for a wonderfully groomed bitterness that carves through the malt backbone. Whether you are celebrating... Sorry, it looks like part of the print disappeared. Uh, Operous ski or simply kicking back, Snowmaker is the perfect accompaniment to your adventure. Uh, So... 12 fluid ounces, not floral ounces. Yep. Uh, 5.5% alcohol by volume and 40 IB booze. So that's uh, that's what we got here for description. Uh, Yep. Don't see anything else. So let's uh, crack this one open. Oh, yeah, you can smell the hops. <laughs> of course mm. you can. Oh, yeah. The Christmas smells- trees are going nuts in Duluth. You know, I'll always take my beer smelling like hops instead of smelling like tuna fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another reference to last week's episode. So, yeah. Going to be a lot of references to that episode for quite a while. I have a feeling. So, anyway, let's give this a taste. Yeah, you definitely get the hops, but I'm kind of lacking any other real flavors with it, Kidder. Um, You know, there's not like a citrus component. There's not not even really like a beer component. Like, uh, I think as most of us uh, know, in our store, we have a, a, uh, a design based off of a line from uh, the local geek about I'll have a water with hops and grain. That's what this is, Kidder. This is like drinking water with hops. Like there's, Mm. there's like no other real, like 
profile to it. Like I get the bitterness of the hops and that's, that's kind of it. It, it tastes, but it tastes kind of like water. So <laughs> maybe it's cause you're not drinking it outside while you're shoveling and it's 40 below. I don't know. That would help it kidder. Um, it'd make you get yeah. through it faster. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is, uh, well, we'll, we'll suffer through this. Cause, um, even though I enjoy a occasional good IPA, um, I like mine with a bit more flavor to it. So, um, yeah. So anyway, Kidder, once again, uh, thanking our sponsor for this particular what's on tap, the Triple D. Thank you and cheers. So how about uh, one of them there, uh, Triple B Sports Updates? How about that, huh? Yeah, we could go for one of those. So this is some damn good news, and it, it starts off with the Minnesota in the first part of this. So it's kind of like one of them there segues, like the cops in the Mall of America walk on. Uh, you know, then they, they take it uh, all the way around the Mall of America there. Hey, you know what I'm saying there, Howie? No. Sorry. <clears throat> Mostly because I don't speak Duluth. Translate from. <laughs> Got to translate for you. Sorry. It's one of them, their uh, transitions of the speech so that we can talk about hockey uh, involving Minnesota. Kind of like a segue that the security guards at the Mall of America right around the, the uh, mall on. So, yeah. Uh, hell of a win. That's what I call it. The Minnesota Mild and your Colorado Avalanche met on Monday in an afternoon matinee match. And uh, it was a pretty darn good game. Abs went up 2 nothing. The Wild ended up tying it up. The Abs went ahead 3-2. to two, And then the Wild tied it up again. Deadlocked all the way into the shootout. No goals were scored until Miko Rantanen comes to center ice, grabs the puck, deeks a couple times, shriek! right in the net and the only goal is from Miko Rantanen so that was quite the game Avalanche pulling it off 4-3 to three in the shootout then two days later the Avs take a trip to California where they went to Anaheim and played the Sucks and I say that not so lovingly. Now, uh, I want to mention, as we talked about the Monday matinee game, that uh, Pavel Francois had to come into the game midway through the first period because Darcy Kemper got ran over by a douchebag Minnesota Wild player, wasn't called, and... The hit looks pretty dirty. So he was out for that game. 
And Franco's finished it off, didn't let any shots in for the shootout and everything. So again, that was uh, great on Frankie to do that. So then we go ahead two days to the 19th when uh, the Avs played the Ducks in Anaheim. And uh, Pavel Franco's was the starting goalie for that game as well. This one was a grind win. And the reasoning for it is it was just a dirty hockey game. The the plays didn't really develop. It was a lot of back and forth and fumbling in the neutral zone and, and cutting off different passing lanes and turnover, turnover, back and forth, back and forth. The best thing about this is the Avalanche went up one nothing and made it till the last uh, two, three minutes of the game when Anaheim pulled their goalie to try and get the equalizer. And yes, the Avalanche get the empty net goal, bringing it up to 2 nothing, and Franco's getting that shutout and being the number one star for that game. An interesting uh, piece to note about that game is it was also Nathan McKinnon's 600th career game. Uh, also, on uh, the Monday game, Nathan McKinnon recorded his 600th career point when he uh, scored a goal against the Wild. It's also an interesting thing to note that as of the 19th, McKinnon is now the seventh player in Avalanche franchise history and the fourth in the Avalanche history. So when you're thinking about that, the franchise as a whole between the Quebec Nordiques and the Avalanche. Uh, so he's at number seven there. And just for the Avalanche since 96, he is at the number four spot of the player to reach 600 points. So hopefully that clarified and makes some sense. Also, with that win, the Avalanche have reached 25 wins on the season in 36 games, faster than any other team in franchise history for the Colorado Avalanche slash Quebec Nordiques. So they're on pace to do pretty well. So, off of that win, they had a back-to-back in California IA. That's right. On the 20th, they traveled down to Los Angeles to take on those kings down yonder. Something to note about this game is it was Tyson Jost's 300th NHL game. So, congratulations to Josty, a former Fighting Sioux champion right there. This game was an ESPN game of the night, and it was pretty damn good. I think the Kings were watching some of the footage from the night before because they tried to do a lot of what the Ducks did in killing the different lanes uh, for passing and getting through the neutral zone, and there was a lot of back-and-forth hockey. Avalanche went up early and maintained the one nothing lead into the second. The uh, Kings ended up scoring a goal and uh, basically held the avalanche off a little bit longer, and uh, this was kind of a dirty middle period of the game. 
We into the uh, third period. Avalanche score the go-ahead goal, making it 2-1. And then uh, late in the third period, the Avalanche ended up scoring another goal. The Kings pulled their goalie, tried to get an equalizer and equal it up a little bit. And, uh, well, that ended up in a no-go for them. Avalanche pick up the W there. 4-1 to one in Los Angeles. A couple days off, and they play tomorrow. And uh, a few more games ahead by the time that this comes out. So hopefully some more good avalanche action. The Avs have also won 14 games in a row at home. And uh, they're continuing to set that record. So we'll see how many more home victories they can win. Because... The record keeps going. As of that, <sighs> good hockey update there from the Avalanche. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the Sioux score tonight in Western Michigan. We're just going to skate past that. It, it, yeah, it never happened. Never happened. Um, anyway, get right, I, just as a quick side tangent, and then I, I do have something hockey-related kind of tying into this to, to chat about. Um, but I, I had to laugh about... As you started this update, I don't know about you. I have come to hate, hate how Windows has added this little thing down on the taskbar that usually shows like the weather and such. Because if your mouse comes anywhere near it, it pops up this box. So as you started that update, I happened to uh, scroll through the run sheet and I just left my cursor go and I looked at you and then I looked back and all of a sudden there's this big white screen across my run sheet about where all of the text would be and a little spinning circle. I'm like, Oh no, what happened? Did I lose connection? Am I going to disappear from the call? What? And then I'm like, Oh, it's a stupid thing. I hate that thing. I, I have tried, I have tried to figure out how to remove it off my taskbar because it drives, drives me nuts. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Because would you like to do that now? Uh, no, uh, we don't need to bore people with tech support on here. Um, it's instead maybe, maybe oh. there's millions of people. This that'll be our our breakthrough, and how we get billions of views. How to turn off the news, weather, sports thing widget that Windows added into Windows 10 and Windows 11. You know what? I, I, I'm going to pitch it right now, Kidder, and anybody who is listening to this is like, wait, well, you're not going to do it now. Uh, after we're done recording the main episode, Kidder, then we should record it, and we'll put it out as a special little, you know, Kidder's IT help thing and put mm. it out like that. Okay. Yeah. So if you're curious, because that way then people can go directly to the IT help. But anyway, mm. to get back to the hockey... <laughs> I'm going to say something a bit controversial, Kidder. Um, Uh-oh. And, and I'm, I'm going to say it, and I'm sure that there's a gentleman in Iowa who will probably want to come on and dispute this with me. But I think that pulling your goalie to get an extra skater when you're losing is a stupid tactic. And that hmm. hardly works. The uh, The wild... 
And I, I absolutely hate having to say this, but the Wild have done it six out of six games and successful. I, and even to the point where they came from behind and not only tied it, but they won the game. <clears throat> and I, we've had a few of those ourselves in the uh, abs history, especially under Patrick Waugh as a coach. He's like, well, there's uh, seven minutes left in the third period. Bring him in. Let's go. Let's try this. <laughs> we need a point. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I understand that it works sometimes. But almost every time I've seen it, it, it tends to end up in the other team scores. And that's that. I mean, I get that yes, some teams can can do it successfully. You are correct when um, Patrick Wall was the the coach, he did it successfully. So I'm not saying that it can't be successful, but as many teams try it, because it happens at almost always at the end of every hockey game. You know, it it's just I just don't think it's uh, it's worth it. I, I think more times out of 10, and especially since, like, I will give uh, Wah credit. I mean, he was ballsy enough to say seven minutes. Yeah, we're going to do it now. The problem is whenever I see it, it's like, well, we got two minutes left. You know, we're, we're down. You know, we need one goal to tie or two goals to even be back in it. Okay, now let's pull them. Like, you know, it's like, how did your power play, uh, you know, team do on the ice this game? You know, if you are like zero for five on the power play, I want to do it. <laughs> it's like you can't score on the power play. Um, you know, um, don't know that the extra skater is going to help. Um, so just. It, it it's it's something that I, I have thought for a while. I, I understand teams can win with it, but I I see it fail more than I see it succeed. And especially when it's like, hey, it's a regular season game. Yeah. I guess the only thing I can say is that, you know, your record, like it's not like the other team gets extra points towards their overall record if they beat you by two goals versus one goal, but I don't know. I just don't see it work often enough. I just, I don't know. Not a fan of pulling the goalie. So, there. A controversial take mm -hmm. from Howard. Waiting to see what the lazy goalie himself uh, has to say. <clears throat> so, mm -hmm. well, you know, the we'll next time he's the on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, the next time he's on the show, I, I'm, I'm sure if he has caught this or we'll bring it up, because uh, I'd, I'd be interested for his take on pulling the goalie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah something else of controversy lately wrestling names mm -hmm. it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> just just leave it alone it's like no this guy is suddenly insert name here why dumb um, a lot of times it's so that the WWE can own the name, you know, and, and I can get that to a sense, right? You know, I can understand wanting to own the name and the trademark to that. Totally, 
get that. What makes this particular one, I don't know if you heard about this one, uh, Kidder, uh, but there is a, a wrestler, he's been on NXT now for a while. He was on uh, the UK NXT for a while. Uh, and he has actually appeared uh, at a Survivor Series. And this is Volter, uh, who is, he was an indie darling. A lot of people were fans of him until he joined WWE. And then, as I said, they wasted him when he showed up on Survivor Series. It was one of those like, hey, we need somebody from NXT to come in and get beat in like two minutes as part of the Survivor yeah. Series. Hey, this Volter guy that everybody is like, yeah, well, let's bring him in. You know, it's just... Anyway, uh, at one of the last NXT uh, shows, at the end of it, they had they had him, and throughout the whole show, Kidder, they called him Volter. They didn't make any mention of a name change or anything like that. He has his match against Roderick Strong. He wins the match. And they go to announce when he grabs the mic and he goes, I am no longer Volter. I am Gunther. And they didn't give the last name because um, I think they maybe realized something because the name that they actually trademarked for him was Gunther Stark, which happens to be, if you do a Google search for Gunther Stark, the name of a prominent Nazi from Nazi Germany. <laughs> whoops <clears throat> yeah and i mean i understand there were a lot of nazis in nazi germany but to have a name that pops up right at the top when you do the google search means that you were a pretty bad nazi uh so yeah they uh they named walter to gunther as in gunther stark and trademarking the name of a Nazi. And this just brings to a thing. Hey, if you're ever writing anything or creating a character or anything like that, it always helps to do a simple Google search before you uh, pursue it, you know? So. And it takes yeah. all of 15 seconds. Just, mm -hmm. just do some checking. Yeah. Just to make sure that you're not going to name one of your new wrestlers that you're trying to build after a Nazi, because that's the news that went out with this. It wasn't, oh my gosh, they changed Walter's name. It's the WWE just trademarked the name of a Nazi. So. Good job. They're not out of touch. <laughs> it's just, I saw that kid and I'm just like, oh, we have to talk about that because that's just terrible. Just terrible mm -hmm. yeah and it's not like it's you know been something that's developed in the past five or maybe ten years <laughs> it's it's been around for a while yeah i mean the whole naming thing is just terrible in itself where it's like hey you you're gonna have this stupid name or hey we're gonna take your name and you're gonna lose your last name so now you're just you know a, a single name and yeah and yet then it's interesting because you have others like you know dave batista john cena that that's their name it's not a trademarked name brock lesnar's the same so 
it's just kind of interesting how some of them kind of get away with using their own names and such. It's just interesting. So at least we yeah, got away from the pun names, like Isaac Yankum, the wrestling dentist. Hmm. I don't know if we ever really got away from them. They, they're probably still hanging out, and they're on some dart board when they they throw the dart to try and pick a name. I'm sure it's on some list somewhere. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's call him. Your name is uh, Matt Ropes. Why? Ah, it sounds great. It's got a lot of ah, it's got a lot of balls. Oh, okay. Like balls, Mahoney. Yeah, yeah, but but we can't use that. So yeah. Okay. How about right, thanks? How about the uh, ever classic one with um, Steve Austin, uh, Hugh Morris? Although I think that was his actual name. I don't know if you remember what, that from. That's funny. Do you I think know, that's just funny? Little, just, just a little bit. Hugh Morris. Hugh Morris. Is that funny? Uh, yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Or like the what? time that Matt Matt Bloom returned and had previously wrestled as Albert, and they dressed him up like he was some secret new guy from Japan, and they called him Lord Tensai. That was, and he couldn't speak English anymore. And then everybody just kept chanting Albert, Albert, Mm -hmm. which, you know, him, I got to admit is a step up from shave your back hair, which was the chant he used to get. Yeah. But at least um, they remember your name. Speaking of remembering names, how about a notable character of WWE history? And WWE lore, The Undertaker. So, rumor swirling around, and of course by this it's a week old, because it has happened already. Undertaker's set to appear at the Rumble. Does he, or doesn't he? That's the question. What say you, Howard Blues, teller of fortunes? Um, I'm going to hope he doesn't. Truthfully, listen, I nothing but respect for the undertaker and such, but I kind of want him to just move on, um, it, especially if it's in a wrestling capacity. Now, if he's just there and they, they do something different with him, could be interesting. You know, like if they put him on commentary during it, could be interesting, could be good. But if it's the whole dressing him up as the gimmick and coming in as an entrant, uh, because the only reason we'll I find see out the ch- in a week, yeah, I was gonna say the only reason you do that is so that he wins it and then he goes to Mania and has one more match, and I just don't want to see him wrestle again. Not again because I think he's a bad wrestler or anything like that. But I thought he went out on a very high note with the match against AJ Styles. I just. I worry he comes back and it's a crap match and, you know, 
and then he feels like he has to come back again and again and again. It's like I'm kind of okay with him not, you know, unless it's, you know, like if he was coming out and he's going to be the manager for somebody, that could be cool. You know, uh, there's a couple, like, that That would be my thing. If he's going to come back, I'd like to see him use him like they do with a lot of the veterans in AEW, if that makes sense. That, that, that's mm-hmm. my take. Mm-hmm. Having Arn Anderson get the Glock. Not that gimmick. That gimmick's stupid, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you know but, but coming out and mentoring a, a, a young talent, I mean, if you found a guy, if you found the right guy and had like the Undertaker mentoring him and having kind of that, I could see that being good. That could be interesting. Be fascinating. We'll see how it plays out soon. Speaking of playing out, you played out some music into your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um, we've been doing this, or at least I've been doing this series where I've been reviewing the uh, albums of one of my favorite rock bands, The Struts. And so tonight, Kidder, I have their third album, uh, Strange Days by The Struts. I'm trying to get it so we don't have quite as bad of a glare. There's the backside of it. So, uh, interesting thing about this album, uh, Kidder, is they there's 10 songs on it, and they wrote and recorded the entire album in 10 days. Uh, this was written during the pandemic, so unfortunately the the Andrew members actually had problems actually getting together, and so they, they finally were able to uh, get together for 10 days, and they worked on and recorded this album. Um, they got some interesting... Uh, collaborations on it. Um, so uh, probably the biggest names um, that you would find on it, uh, Phil Collin and Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. Tom Morello uh, was with them on a song. So um, some of the bigger names. Is Robbie Williams on uh, one of the songs on this album, or was that just a single? He is on uh, one of the songs. Uh, the first one, the lead-off, Strange Days. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah so, see, I've done a little research, too, Howie Blues. Wow. Wow. It's almost like someone's a former radio DJ and should be good at this. Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, music. <clears throat> one of them things there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of, of notes about about this as I've listened through it. Um, the first two songs on it are, um, they're interesting. They're not bad songs, but they're songs about the pandemic. And so because of that, I, I kind of would question how long they'll last, you know, um, cause they're very clearly about the pandemic, even though they don't say COVID in it, they don't, you know, reference that, but it's, it's very clear. The first one, Strange Days, it, I mean, it, it really does a nice job of summing up kind of what I think all of us felt and the pandemic was hitting and we're starting to deal with lockdowns and 
not being able to find things on the shelves and things like that and and such. Uh, the second one, all dressed up with nowhere to go, um, which is, again, about being in lockdown and not being able to go anywhere. Uh, they're, they're good songs. The only real kind of thing that I have against them is, again, I don't know how long-lasting they'll be. Once, you know, if 10 years down the road, if Corona is no longer a thing, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, the rest of the album, it's not bad. Um, the their song "Wild Child" with Tom Morello, you can definitely tell that he's playing with them. It, I mean, is is very much got that rage against the machine sound to it, which is okay, but. Mm. <laughs> Uh, wasn't my favorite song on here. The other critique that I will have throughout all of this, especially kind of in the middle portion of the album, um, they took and they over-processed uh, Luke Spiller's vocals throughout. Um, like, it sounds on some songs like he's going through a bad like filter. Like, they were trying to do like the old like radio style filter on some of it, but it's not great. So it sounds, you know, it has, how it can have that kind of digital sound to it. And because of that, his vocals lose some of the power to them. And so there are a couple of songs on here, Kidder, where it's really hard for me to make out what he is saying because the bass and the drum and the guitar are just drowning him out, which is, is sad because he's got an amazing voice and can produce amazing vocals so this is just it, it to me it's over engineered over processed on some of these which was kind of a a sad uh, note to it um but otherwise i like quite a few of the songs on here um uh, i especially like the last one am i talking to the champagne that's a good one i uh, i liked that one a lot um so it Overall, a decent album. Um, one other kind of thing I wanted to say on the on the whole struts. Um, last week, I talked about their album, Young and Dangerous, and I was a little harsh on that. Uh, and in putting, I think, the episode before that together, episode 41, uh, I talked about how you could find the struts Lollapalooza uh, performance. Uh, there and I put that in the show notes, but I also found they did they performed at Lollapalooza Brazil in 2019, and I of course that's in the show notes there. I'll put them put that in here, and they played a lot of the songs from Young and Dangerous at that show. And I I listened to that, uh, and I, I have to admit they they won me over on some of the songs that I'd kind of given a meh to on it. I, I will say this for sure: the Struts are a much better live band than they are an album band and I, I would stand by that i think that if if you want to really enjoy the struts go see them live if if you you know they're they have songs that yes they do play well on the album but it doesn't quite always carry over uh quite that it, it's amazing their their live performance is just it looks fun kidder they're they're on the list of bands i want to see uh, live because they they just are 
having so much fun with it. And I mean, even that concert in Brazil, like you can tell, like it was hot. Like the guys are just dripping sweat, like halfway through the first song, like it's hot. You, but they, they didn't stop. They didn't like, they gave it their full performance on that. And you see them, they do a little interview afterwards and you can just tell that they're just like, Ugh, we're drained. That was, that was a long set. That was hot out there, <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, a great band to see live. If you get a chance to see them live, I, I'd highly recommend it. Um, and again, check out the links in the show notes and, and get a, a better taste of the struts. But overall, it's an okay album. It's not a perfect album. I like some of the songs on it. Oh, and what was number seven? Because we always look at those songs and one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm, yeah, it's a song called Burn It Down. No, not the one for Seth Rollins. And uh, if the fact that I can hardly remember it, I think that was one of the over-processed ones where you lose uh, Luke Spiller's vocals. So, yeah. So that is my review of The Struts, Strange Days, and unfortunately brings us to an end of Howard reviewing The Struts. I'm going to have to find a new band to review. For now. They'll come up with some more new stuff next six months, so we'll be back at it <clears throat> when they do. There's new Shinedown coming out soon. In fact, uh, well, obviously by the time this comes out, the new single will be available for uh, streaming and whatnot, so I hope it doesn't suck. So there's that. I, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, shine has got a lot of great music and <clears throat> they, I, I love listening to their older stuff. Like, uh, when they first came out, leave a whisper, just, just fantastic music. I just remember the, f- every time I hear that, it's like the first time I heard it, just man, the chords hitting, just love listening to leave a whisper and fly from the inside, you know, track number one off of that album. And then you keep rolling forward and, and you get uh, the sound of madness. And that was a fantastic album. And then you, you start getting into now attention, attention and, and uh, you're really pumping out the singles for uh, radio and they're the cookie cutter type songs. And I, I, I just don't really like it. You lose that originality, in my opinion. And Pop Evil was a band that had the same thing happen to them, where their older songs, fantastic. And then they they got into, again, the, the you know, mid-20-teens. And it's radio single, radio single, radio single. And you hear the same flipping song over and over and over again. And I don't want to hear it again. I hear it. Here's a new song from them. Turn it off. So hopefully they don't suffer from that fate again. (laughs) But let's move on, shall we? Like moving across a country in a straight line. You've been following these jagoffs for months, months. 
And about the time that it's taken them to try and get across a damn country in a straight line, you've been following them the whole way. Howard Blues, our correspondent on the ground in Bismarck via YouTube. What is happening with these Jagoffs now? Yeah, so um, again, for anyone who's just tuning in, if this is your first episode of Beer, Blues, and BS, uh, welcome. Uh, yeah, it's... I've been following uh, the adventures of a YouTuber, uh, Geo Wizard, as he is on his third attempt to try to walk across Wales in a straight line. And um, I talked a little bit about this last week in the fact that he had a bad um, ankle injury, had some problems with his GPS, and instead of camping along the line that he has done on all of his other attempts he went back to his hotel for a day of rest and such and it led to this question of is this a success so in this week's episode he uh he did finish he made it uh with his brother to the coast in wales um and he did kind of address it uh he he said you know i've been counting this as a victory but it's kind of a hollow victory. It wasn't a pure run. It, it's, I did it. I, I technically I walked across Wales in a straight line, but it's not the, the purest run that I, I want to have, which I'll give him credit. I think that's a, a fair way to look at it. Um, and I think he's kind of saying that cause I think he's so done with Wales and trying to get across it. Um, it, it, it's as I said, this is his third attempt. He's had just terrible, terrible luck with it, um, and such. And and it was, it was one of those things. He left it at the end of it, kind of as a cliffhanger, as he uh, went to retrieve because his strategy is to stash stuff, kind of both before the trip and then on the trip. So like his garbage and things like that. So he's just not leaving it in somebody's field. He'll stash it. He'll hide it, and then after they complete it he has to go back and he will pick up all of his trash and such so that he he's not wasting that um and and as he did the last one he he gets in the car uh afterwards he goes well i think i just ran across my last field kind of hinting that he might be done with the whole straight line challenge um but he kind of then cliffhangered it and go out well maybe so we'll see if he ever tries this again um and if he does you, you know i'll be watching um a, a good uh humorous bit from the uh fourth episode kidder that i just had to share because we talked about this uh on a previous attempt he uh he had to cross a railroad line and he got in trouble with the uh english transportation authority for that and had to cut that section out of his video uh he had to cross a railroad line again in this one and this time it was great because they showed him approaching it and he cuts back and they're on the other side and he goes and we teleported across the, <laughs> this railroad line kind of hinting at well we crossed it um magically you just didn't see it so yeah ridiculous yeah so um but you know it's a good watch uh and i will say because i have been watching some others uh people who have attempted this challenge after seeing his videos i will say uh he does a nice job with his filming his music 
Um, editing, I think he could cut a little bit more from um, sometimes because uh, especially in his earlier series, it gets a little repetitive um, with some of the things. But I, I will say he he does a nice job. At least it at least feels good to watch. Um, uh, unlike the one that I talked about last week um, with the four college students who are walking in a straight line from their apartment to a dam in Idaho, uh, who spent the whole time with their camera angle uh, basically at the ground looking at their feet. So instead of getting to see the beautiful scenery of Idaho, you're just seeing feet. Um, I did finish that one, Kidder. I know I said I didn't know if I would. I finished it. I have an issue, though, Kidder, and that is they uh, they end it as they camp for the first night, and they're like, join us, you know, in, in part two. They never posted a part two, Kidder, so I don't know if they ever made it. As far as I know, they're still camping in the woods. What makes it even more uh, upsetting is towards the end of that video, as they're crossing a farm, this poor farmer's dog comes out and greets them and is so excited and follows them. And because they're trying to stick to this line, they don't try to return the dog. So as far as I know, they kidnapped some farmer's dog because it, I mean, the dog followed them all the way to their campsite, like two hours away. So as far as I know, they stole somebody's dog. So beyond trespassing, uh, they, they, they stole a dog. Um, yeah, and I don't know what happened because they haven't posted another video in like two years. So did they ever make it to the dam? Are they still camping in the woods? Do they still have Molly the dog? I These are questions, Kidder. These are, are questions. Maybe they got arrested. I, I Yeah. I will say the guy... posted another video. They're in jail. <laughs> well, uh, the, the guy who owns the channel, the, there was one other video like after that which was all about living uh, in a van in Idaho. So he's living the van life. Um, hmm. So I don't know what that tells you, but anyway. Hmm. Um, so that one was a huge disappointment. Um, I have found a couple other ones, and I might check them out depending on how I feel. And uh, if I do, I will report uh, back about them so that you can all join me in this wonderful obsession of watching people who do not put a lot of thought or effort or have ever been around sheep trying to walk in straight lines across country and not get caught trespassing. It's a, uh, it's that crazy was bad. Hey, it, uh, it is amazing how many of them are scared of animals that, uh, you know, can appear. I watched one kidder and I hate to even bring it up because it was terrible. It's terrible. It was some YouTuber. I don't even want to give his name because I don't want him to get any more views because it was terrible. He walked across uh, Liechtenstein. Oh my gosh. Kidder, I wanted to bang my head against the desk wall to quote the blues. Uh, classic blues song put my head on an abandoned rail line and let the 229 ease my mind yeah it uh oh it, if you've ever watched like 
the people who are trying too hard at YouTube, you know, this is mostly the young, a generation kind of younger than us where it's like, Hey guys, today we're do 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 do. You know, it, it's that, but it's just, he's constantly trying to make references to show like I'm in on the culture. Hey, I'm walking through the woods. This reminds me of Zelda wind, <laughs> you know, breath of the wild, you know, he he has a GPS unit that he's following, but yet he feels the need to stop and ask everybody he runs across, hey, hey, is this the way to, to well, I forget the city he's going to, you know, but is, is this the way to there? Is this the way? And all of them go, well, you want to, you know, and the like, people in Lichtenstein, that, that's like the one saving grace, like how kind and nice they are. They're like, well, you, you want to head like two miles down that way and get on the bus to go there. He's like, oh, no, man, I'm doing a straight line. It's like, why are you asking people there? You know, it, so he's bugging people with that. He, oh, he's his big thing, like to try and build drama because he chose a, a pretty small country that was pretty flat and not a lot of obstacles is he keeps building up this fear of bears. Like he gets to like a section of trees, like there could be bears here. Like, no, they're, they're, you, you are like, a little way, like I can still see the village that you left behind you. Yeah, you know, it it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty terrible, and had one of those terrible like clip um, clickbait thumbnails where it, like showed him, and he's like, <gasps> you know, and it's like day thirteen. He did it in a day, kidder. <laughs> mm. Like mm. he probably got to the city he was going to, right. hopped on the bus, went back to his hotel. You know, it's just hmm. it was it was terrible. I refuse to give him any more credit than that, except that one was awful and yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Wonderful. Ugh. Just what we need. More bad YouTube. It yeah. It was as painful as drinking this watery IPA. I'm glad you're almost done. The question I have for you, though, I'm guessing the next topic deals with YouTube in mm -hmm. some form. It does. It mm. does. Because, you know me, I love a good controversy. <clears throat> and I got one for you, Kidder. I actually got two for you, Kidder. Two controversies. A, two. a twofer? And it's not even no. Tuesday? Two for Tuesday on a Friday. Yep. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I got controversy, Kidder. So I'll, I'll, I'll place. I know we have them on the run sheet in a list. Do you, do you want to continue on the YouTube theme or do, do you break up? Palette cleanser from YouTube. Oh, let's let's keep going. Let's YouTube controversy. Okay. And then we got more controversy. Let's just hit it hard. Hard hitting okay. right here in a triple B. Yeah. So, Kenner, I don't know if you've heard about this, but on YouTube, um, there has been a problem. It's been going on for about a year or two with false copyright claims. And it's a scam. Basically, because of how YouTube operates and their copyright uh, content ID rules and all of that, it's very possible for somebody to put a claim on your video and steal your monetization from that. Um, and it, it's 
it's interesting. I've, I've been following this a little bit in a couple of interesting cases. One by a YouTuber uh, called Smelly Octopus. Uh, he actually had somebody copyright claim his voice. Uh, so Mr. Octopus had gotten a new microphone. He wanted to test some filters and things like that to get his audio uh, clear. So he just did a a, str a, a stream on YouTube you know, doing kind of the basic, you know, hello, mic check, one, two, hello, mic check, how's this sound? You know, just kind of that sort of stuff. And this, somebody took and claimed like a 30-second clip out of that of him going, hello. Now, the thing about this is that when somebody puts a copyright claim on there, if you appeal it, you go, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna appeal this. No, I, I am able to use this. What happens is you fill out that form. It goes to the claimant. So whoever claimed that you stole their material, and they get to decide whether you get to use it or not. So a lot of times, what happens then is if you are a scammer in this case, you say no, I reject that. And the reason is because you can appeal the rejection, but it also goes to the person who claimed it. And again, if they deny that, now your channel can get a copyright strike, and that can be bad for any channel. So it's kind of a way to hold channels, especially small channels, hostage, because you're afraid of getting a copyright strike and losing everything um, with it. So in this case, um, with Smelly Octopus, it was a false... Uh, thing it was a basically a bad automated content ID system went through and and recognized in that and he was able to clear that one up. This next one though, Kidder, is interesting. Uh, another YouTuber by the name of the Fat Rat. He makes music. He's a musician and he puts his songs out on YouTube and makes them available for people to to use to. Um, make their own bootlegs to sample, things like that. He's very generous about it. Uh, and he had a song called The Calling that it racked up like 47 million views. So really a pretty big hit for him. And he had a company claim his song. And this is one of those, like, it is his song. Like, he has all the proof that it's his song, that he wrote it. So he, you know, uh, talked to YouTube. They're like, well, you need to file a claim. He did that. And, of course, the person claimed it's like, no. Uh, it, we're, we're, no, we're, we're not going to accept your appeal. Uh, he, he continued to push, and what he learned was that the people who claimed it was claiming it on behalf of another musician who... Here's the best part, Kidder, had sampled a bit of Fat Rat's music for his own song. And so Fat Rat reached out to that musician and said, hey, did you write this? And the guy wrote back, no, it's, uh, you know, I, I, it's clearly, you know, I, he's like, I sampled your song because you allowed that. And not only that, but the musician also said, and I'm not even represented by these guys. They, you know, I don't have a contract with them, nothing like that. And Fat Rat took that to YouTube and YouTube stills like, nope, we're not getting involved. 
you're going to have to figure out how to settle it with this company. So basically, this uh, company uh, basically has stolen his song that had gotten 47 million views. What what got me on this kidder is interesting is this week, episode 42 drops of our show. And guess what? We had a copyright claim on it. Hmm. And it was for uh, we showed a clip of the Kale McCarr overtime goal that you were talking about. And uh, here's the thing, Kidder. It was claimed on behalf of the NA the NHL from a company that I can only tell you is Russian because it was a Russian company. Oh, okay. So yeah. Hmm. Uh, so clearly somebody who had picked up that we had in the tags or whatever, put NHL kale McCarr, all sorts of stuff, you know, like that, like we do to try and get people to see, um, but kind of knowing a bit about this copyright claim scam, it's like there's one <laughs> silly Russians. We don't make any money. <laughs> You're mm. not getting nothing off of claiming ours. Um, but two, it's like it, there's no point in me trying to fill out the form and send it because they're just going to deny it and all of that. Uh, so what I ended up doing, Kidder, was I basically took the video off, did a little editing, little tweaking, kept a couple of tags off and re-uploaded the video uh, and it didn't get claimed this time, but it was definitely somebody trying to f basically file a uh, a false copyright claim on us uh, for that. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's like, this does happen. It's something we have to watch out for. Mm. Um, and it it's just silly that somebody thinks they're going to get money off of us. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Yeah. <sighs> Maybe next millennia. I don't know. Anyway, well, that's the, the joy of YouTube. And we're still looking for that thousandth subscriber to get us on uh, the monetization platform. So if you'd like to tell your friends to join our channel, click subscribe, please. Please subscribe to us. Click the subscribe button right now, please, and share it with your friends. Sharing is caring. Share the so, misery together. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> Speaking of feeling better, how about some more controversy? Yeah, uh, I got one last one. Boy, I feel like I've done a lot of talking, not a lot of drinking. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that's okay. You'll make up for it. I, I see what the end of the run sheet is. Um, Kidder, uh, there's a Kickstarter that I backed a while ago. Um, and it has kind of had a lot of people upset about it. Uh, and enough so that I thought it's worth talking because I'm in a group on Facebook about this game and it's like for this whole week, it's like every day somebody posts in there about how this game is a scam. I want a refund. The game's never coming out. So I want to talk about it. Uh, the game is called Hell, The Last Saga. Uh, and it is a 
a narrative cooperative game. And what I mean by narrative is there's a whole story to it. In it, you are playing as a group of Vikings who land on this mysterious island and are searching for the other half of your clan who had sailed out before you. Uh, and so you get to explore this island, trying to find out what happened to them. Uh, at the same time, discovering the mysteries of this island, there's a horror theme based to it um, by the good folks over at Mythic Games, who uh, just recently I backed their Kickstarter for Monster Apocalypse. Um, so I, I have supported their games. Mythic always catches a little bit of flack because of kind of how their business model is set up, where they have kind of a group that's kind of developing the game, then they kickstart it, then they kind of continue to, to do the R&D on it and, and the finalizing and the manufacturing and such. And it can take a while on some of this. And so people get a little upset that they say, hey, yeah, you'll get this game in a year. And it's been a while. In fact, uh, I just received notification for um, I'm getting the second half of the game Solomon Kane from Mythic Games back that in 2018 so gives you an idea it was like the third game they put on kickstarter so they were a bit behind on that one um anyway i backed it one because i don't really have a narrative game in my collection um where again as you're going you're doing things you're having to pick up a book you have to read which i know doesn't sound that appealing but it's it can be fun i don't have a big narrative game like this the other part of it was that being a, a miniature painter uh i was really excited by the miniatures in this game uh they just have a really cool um aesthetic that i thought were just amazing um so i'll just kind of sharing my screen here a little bit showing off some of these miniatures you can see some of the uh heroes that you play uh here and some of the monsters and evil things that you face um yeah it has some very lovely dark art to it um overall really excited there's kind of a better view of everything that comes in it and, and such overall uh, really, really excited for it. And I'm happy to, to wait for it. But yeah, there are a lot of people online who are very upset that this game has not come out yet. People don't have it um, and such. So it, it's kind of interesting. And a lot of people who backed this game are now as Mythic is kickstarting other games. These guys are going in backing those games for a dollar just so that they can in the comments just beat up on mythic about these practices um, and have called them a scam all of those things um, which i don't really think they are um, also hell was kickstarted before the pandemic and being that mythic games is out of france they had some very strict covid protocol rules and that had an effect on their ability to produce this game um, 
and such. Not to make excuses for them, but it's it's like you have to look at the the wider picture. It's a different world and such than when this game was backed. So it all that just to say it's, it's something I'm following. I'm still excited for it. Um and I'm okay with them taking their time as long as it eventually gets here because those miniatures will be fun to paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Just a, a fun little Kickstarter controversy, you know. Yeah. Glad to see that you're still up on all of the kickstarting and the kickstarting of controversy. So look mm-hmm. forward to more updates over the next six years before you get the set that you ordered four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily I don't have too many games that are left uh, outstanding at the moment, um, which I'm I'm happy for. And because I've been backing less and less stuff, you know, um, which I'm okay with. I'm kind of glad to kind of slow that process down. It was getting at its worst. It was kind of getting to the point where I was having problems keeping track of like, did I fill out the pledge manager for this? I, I don't know. Did I can't recall. So I'm kind of okay with kind of slowing down the collection uh, bit and hopefully getting into more things like painting and such, uh, trying to get back into making that more of a regular thing. So um, I know my painting desk looks clear. Uh, most of the stuff I have that I'm painting are up over here. You can kind of see the pill bottles a little bit, the camera. There's stuff on there that I've started. I just haven't had the time to finish. So, yeah. That's how it goes. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Something that I'm happy is almost finished is the premiere of Star Trek Picard season two. I've only been waiting over a year for season two to finally arrive. It's (laughs) they're just like being super slow about it. So what I have to share uh, I don't want to share the the entire, uh, shall we say, trailer because the new trailer was released today for season two. Here's just a screen cap of the trailer right at the beginning, as you can see, five seconds into the trailer. Now, what I'm excited for about this is that it appears whomever has done the digital designing has brought back some of my favorite ships from the first contact era of Star Trek. If you look at the top two ships, so uh, the left of center and then top center, those two ships are Nova class ships or what appear to be in this somewhat low resolution screenshot of the video. The other one that's shooting phaser beams toward the La Serena is a what appears to be a steamrunner class ship. And uh, like I said, that one from specifically the movie Star Trek First Contact, the Nova class ships that you see if they are indeed uh, were premiered in star trek voyager so uh, in fact the episode 
two-parter called the Equinox. And then the Rhode Island class, which is a refit of the Equinox, was in the Voyager series finale endgame. Anyway, if you take a look at uh, the, the different elements of each ship, the Broussard collectors look a little deeper red than what they they did in uh, Voyager, First Contact, Deep Space Nine, etc. Then you look a little bit closer as well, and the deflector dishes are also red. Now, an interesting thing with that is in the normal series, if you will, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, even Enterprise, the Federation's deflector dishes are blue. So, just doing a little deep analysis here, I am guessing, and there's a lot of other stuff, hints, clues, if you will, to say that they have gone to the mirror universe. Is it true? I don't know. We'll see on March 3rd when the first episode actually premieres. There's also some interesting things in this video about uh, them going and doing a slingshot around the sun that you see in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which then continues to lead me to believe that not only do they go back in time, but they cross over into the alternate universe, the mirror universe, one of uh, many infinite ones. Uh, other pieces of interest within... <clears throat> the trailer. Uh, obviously, Picard is still there. The Borg Queen shows up several times in the trailer. Q shows up in the trailer, which is actually the reason why Brother Nico doesn't want to watch this season. Hmm. <laughs> I guess I'll skip a season. And in this First trailer, the official first trailer for season two, Whoopi Goldberg returns and reprises her role as Guinan. So I'm guessing because Q and Guinan don't like each other, they've known each other apparently for uh, quite some time and they broke the universe. So we'll see what happens. I am interested to see if they've improved. If they hold true to that screenshot and keep the ships how they're supposed to be, then I'm going to enjoy it a little bit more than I did last season <clears throat> when they, you know, ripped off the Discovery ships because they were lazy for the most part and uh, did some other stupid lazy writing and things. So hopefully we'll get some really good Star Trek. I'm just going to throw out an alternative theory why the deflector dishes are red instead of blue. I think it's because they're hinting at a crossover. Mm -hmm. Star Trek meets red versus blue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can afford the rights for that. <laughs> I, I don't think we can either. I just... it. I had to say it because I knew I would uh, either get you to facepalm or laugh. One of the two. Either way, good for me. So, um, 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, I know that uh, like season two is taking forever because when I was reading the run sheet and I saw this and it says, you know, Star Trek, Picard, season two, trailer premiere. And I'm like, wait, gosh, wasn't the teaser trailer like, like I could have sworn that the teaser trailer came out about the same time we started this show. You Probably, know? yeah. So like 44 <clears throat> weeks ago was when that. Mm-hmm. premiered so yeah yeah so here's just a different uh, angle that uh is in the videos you can see it's uh, three seconds into the into the teaser trailer here the backside of the two of the ships anyway and then you can see a close-up shot of the third and those definitely look like nova class ships chasing the la serena so i like yeah uh, like the visuals yeah, although they need to talk to to JJ Abrams, that lens flare is kind of weak. On on that, you know, it, I was I was hoping to get rid of this so then we can actually see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you can see some of the layer lens flare effects in there. It's just, yeah, it's it's kind of weak. They uh they really need to talk to Abrams about how you how you do that successfully. Um, no, I'm taking it away. Taking it away. No. <laughs> no talking to Abrams. But the lens flares. Okay, you wanna you wanna flare courtesy of CBS Paramount Paramount Plus. Here's a flare for you. A flare for the dramatic. Yes, that's the sun. With a solar flare. Mm-hmm. So again, that leads me to believe they're going to do a slingshot around the sun and go back in time. I mean, partially because they also say that they go back in time in there, but that's how I think they're actually going to do it this time. Are they, do you think they're going to be stuck back in time or are they eventually going to get back to the future? Well, damn it, Marty, we got to go back. So I'm guessing they're, they'll get back. And with the Borg Queen being in there, I'm, I'm also guessing that uh, <clears throat> that there'll be some shenanigans with the Borg. The Borg are able to, or were able to, teleport themselves through time as well, make a temporal incursion. So I'm curious to see where they go with this. And I hope that it's not a flaming pile of dog poo. Mm. So there's that. Other interesting yeah. pieces. Uh, I mean, we'll put the the video in the trailer so you can actually take a look for yourself and see what you think of the Picard season two official trailer. What are your thoughts? Leave us a comment below. And hit that subscribe button, please. In other television news, we're a few weeks in, but this series is really interesting. And I don't remember if I talked about it. Don't remember if we talked about it off the show, but around the world in 80 days. Yes, there have been 
numerous movies and television shows done about the classic novel over the years. But now BBC has uh, taken the project on and has written into a television series featuring my favorite doctor, David Tennant. So this uh, series in the U.S. is airing on PBS during their Masterpiece Theater. And so far, three episodes in, it's very interesting. Uh, having seen different adaptations of the movie or television shows, uh, you know, of the book, uh, this is somewhat of a modern take with it's still set in the correct time period. So I like what they've done with it so far and being able to see the characters develop is really interesting. Doing different twists on what the book is about. And in fact, you can see it for free. If you have Prairie public, <laughs> I think it's also on some of the other television services like Hulu or whatnot, but uh, I'm sure you'll just do a nice internet search or provided the link directly to the show page from PBS. So those of you listening or watching this in the U S can check that out in the show notes as well. But I have enjoyed it so far, and the soundtrack is pretty good, too. Hmm. Hans Beimler made, uh, it was the uh, composer for the soundtrack. So, no. did we I, talk uh, about it? I don't remember. <laughs> we haven't talked about it. I, I, I had seen, I don't say, I don't want to say I've seen a trailer for it, but I, I had seen something with Tenet talking about around the world in 80 days. And I know the first reaction I had was to roll my eyes and go, oh, not another one. Um, because it is, it's one of those stories that has been done in various movies, various TV shows. It's, it's been done. Um, so it's kind of like a, like the Christmas Carol, like that story has been done to death. This is another one that's been done to death. And so I, I, even with uh, David Tennant being in it, I wasn't like, woo, got to go see it. Um, but, I, you know, hearing that you're enjoying it, okay, moves it up. I'll maybe check it out if I find time, um, which is always the, the struggle to find time. Yeah. The nice thing is they're, you know, uh, not quite our episodes. They're, they're maybe 35-minute episodes um, with PBS, no commercials. Maybe 40, I guess. So they're, they're nice episodes to watch. The film is uh, filmography is really good and uh, it's crystal clear, high definition. So even more exciting. But yes, I agree with the Christmas, Christmas Carol stories. Just, just leave it alone. It's fine. <clears throat> so that's all I have on, on the television end of things. For the moment, unless you want to talk about Peacemaker, do you feel like talking about wrestling and DC comics combining? Well, well I mean, it, it's the spinoff series from the second Suicide Squad movie, uh, starring mm -hmm. John Cena mm -hmm. this time around. Um, 
you know, picks I up where that leaves off. Yeah. And I, I did not see the second Suicide Squad movie um, just because was, I don't get to movies right. these days. Um, it's better than the first one that was done like a year and a half before that. Yeah, and I'd seen that one, um, which was enough to to like skip Birds of Prey, which was the next one that had um, Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie's Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. Um, I was interested to see this one. I mean, uh, being that it was directed by James Gunn, um, I like some of his other work, you know, including Guardians of the Galaxy and such. Um, so it, it it's on my list to eventually. If, if I can catch it, catch it. Um, and then, yeah, this series. So I have an interest in seeing it, but it's not a, a burning desire. I'm guessing you've checked out some of Peacemaker, Kidder. Yes. So uh, obviously watched the movie. Uh, the Suicide Squad point two, I guess. And then we uh, stumbled upon it at the end of last week. And they released three episodes of the season <clears throat> right away. And then uh, Thursdays, they release an additional episode. So we watched the first four episodes. John Cena drops the F-bomb in the first three episodes 147 times. That's just John Cena. The other characters are dropping the F-bomb, too, here and there. And the fourth episode... I don't want to say we lost count, but it's somewhere between 20 and 60. (laughs) Somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the series, I believe James Gunn is having a a large part in if he's not directing it, but at least being he wrote and directed it. Yeah. And I, I think that there is a lot of him kind of rebelling against Disney uh, with this. Uh, in it because you know like the Marvel films like you get you get one right you get one there's always like one swear word in each of the Marvel movies like you get one and such so I think there's a little bit more um, freedom with this which I think is part of why you know and I think it's pretty well known that he's not returning to um with Disney or doing any of the Marvel movies after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, he's he's done, um, and I think that's I think that's part of it. I think that when you work with Disney, you are kind of stuck to their structure, their their rules and such. And I think he's kind of ready to go and do his own thing. So, hey, you're gonna do this, ha! Huh? I'm gonna tell you what to do, ha! Huh? You're gonna like it, ha! Huh? Ha! Well, I mean, I, I I get it and I understand it. It's that you know reputation thing. Uh, you gotta keep it, you know, family friendly, so that you know, because you better believe as big as the Marvel movies are, part of that is because you know you can take the kids and it's it's a safe movie. You know, there's not drugs. There's some violence, but it's cartoon superhero violence, and there's not, you know, sex and swearing and you know, things like that. It, it's safe. I know Although, there's some stuff in the Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Un- Unnecessary. 
Hey. But in Peacemaker, there's all of that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all of that. So go check it out. And uh, Howie Blues, one of these days, uh, will, you know, in fact, maybe, <clears throat> maybe I'll just show you the intro to it. And then you can sit there with the WTF look on your face like I did when I saw it for the first time as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that you're going to get much reaction. I kind of know a bit um, about it and such. So, mm. so. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I knew Peacemaker's uh, John Cena character, you know, uh, how he portrayed him from the movie and then when this intro popped up I was like huh okay <laughs> so something for you to look forward to all right well kidder um <laughs> I mean we've been talking I can't say this for a while it feels like we haven't talked nearly as long as we have in the past but uh you know we've hit the bottom of the run sheet and uh I guess that means we all we got left is cheap plugs it's only been two hours I mean time flies when you're having fun here right so let's do some of them their plugs First of all, join us on our web home, please. Beerbluesbs.com. Beerbluesbs.com. Again, beerbluesbs.com right here in the bottom of your screen. And if you're listening to this, it's in the show notes underneath the description there. So please join us, beerbluesbs.com. You can buy us a beer right there on the website. Give us a comment and we'll read your comment on this here show. Aside from that, you can get the link to the YouTube page, the Facebook page, the Spotify page, all of that right there, beerbluesbs.com. And most importantly, the merch store link is also right there, beerbluesbs.com. Yes, you can get some awesome swag. So many people are checking it out that it's just crazy, and we want you to be one of them. By going to beerbluesbs.com, click on merch, and you can see some of the sweet new designs on the Triple B store. The hottest threads on the internet. I don't get it. But you can at beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. Other than that, like us on Facebook, please. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And any of the audio services that you're listening to us on, you can click subscribe and get the notification or an email or whatnot when the new episode hits or surprises you just like Howard's Cave of Wonder. It can do that as well. Click the subscribe button, please. Doesn't cost you anything either, and that's the best kind of free right there, beerbluesbs.com or on Facebook or on YouTube or on any of these following platforms like Google Podcasts from Google Play. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, IMDb, and Player FM. So if you have an audio service or an audio account that you like, search Beer Blues BS because we are probably on there. Beer Blues and BS. It's uh, the top quality show that you could take with you. 
anywhere, anytime. So, for Howard Blues, I am the man, the myth, legend, Mark Kidder. Thanks for joining us again for this edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. We'll see you again next time here on The Big Show. Remember to keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that dusty Tuscan highway. Take care, and we'll see you then. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. I think we got an episode. I mean, All right. a, little question, a little questionable. I mean... There wasn't a shout out to Lane. We didn't make fun of the gentleman mm. from Indiana. We kind of mm. slacked a little bit on this one. Well, that's what this part's for. Well, Adding well, it in in post. Well, yeah, except now you called it out. I mean, that's like spiking the camera. Like, I was hoping for just some banter back and forth, and we could just plop it in, like, that but now you called it out and now when it shows up at behind the curtain everybody's gonna be like well yeah well let's banter some more then so then we can trim that and put it at the end yeah except they'll never know now... it's coming <laughs> <laughs> except for like when like we jump a little bit here let me even just like there i moved the camera a bit ah oh no oh he's screwing it up Continuity this is, problems. This is what happens when when Howard gets his hands on technology. The damn thing's sideways, and he's going all over the place now. You know, I I was kind of half tempted uh, throughout. I thought about it earlier, and then I kind of forgot during the episode. I was going to try and constantly kind of move things, like while you were talking, like on my set and background, just to see how many of them Lane noticed. Um, throughout the whole thing like every time it cut back like something was different just see if you mm-hmm. pick up on it mm-hmm. but uh i forgot um, oh, that's okay i got you covered mm-hmm. it'll it'll be all right there's been some slight changes yeah just the other, the other... about nothing yeah or you know kidder the fact is that maybe we did actually slightly make changes throughout this whole episode and we're just saying it now to see if lane goes back he'll have to go back because maybe we made changes and the only way he's going to find out is to re-watch the entire episode and keep an mm-hmm. eye out at least he watches these things unlike a certain gentleman from indiana yeah that is true that is true. I even 
even tagged him on this week's episode drop. I even tagged him in it. Yeah, I called him out in because, the description too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not gonna watch the show or come on the show, we'll bring the show to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get tagged in this shit now. <laughs> yeah. How do you like that? You're gonna have some beer blues and whatever show tagging your ass on Facebook and all the rest of these places because we're bringing the pain yeah well i mean we do still have that race going on mm -hmm. um you know i mean that that doesn't start until well for us next week but <laughs> by the time this comes out and people see this part it's been a week uh neither neither one has reached out yet which how could they because again that episode isn't out yet time travel but wibbly wobbly timey wimey and on top of that what if lane skippity skips right over the top of the top of the what did he what and doesn't even know what he knows until he knows when he goes back i uh called it out in the time codes so if he's reading the time codes although it is still kind of vague um but it's there it's there so perfect 